so today then, in the tafsir of Juz Amma, we are on Surah Al-Alaq, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions at the start, Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم In this opening section then Allah سبحانه وتعالى says read in the name of your Lord who has created all that exists. He has created man from a clot, a piece of thick coagulated blood. Read and your Lord is the most generous who has taught the writing by the pen he has taught man that which he knew not. So this surah, or these opening ayat, they were the first part of the Qur'an that were revealed. هَذِهِ <coughs> الْآيَات أول ما نزل على الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام من القرآن الكريم. These ayat are the first of what was revealed upon the messenger from the noble Quran. نزلت عليه وهو يتعبد في غار حراء. وَكَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَوَّلُ مَا, بد أول ما بُدِئَ بِالْوَحِي أَنَّهُ يَرَى الرُّؤْيَا فِي الْمَنَامِ These were the first ayat that were revealed upon the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم from the noble Qur'an. And they were revealed to him Whilst he was worshipping in the cave of Hira, and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at the beginning, at the beginning of the revelation, before even these ayat were revealed, he used to have dreams. He used to have dreams in his sleep. فَتَأْتِي مِثْلَ فَلَقِ الصُّبْحِ And those dreams 
they used to come true like the daylight like the brightness of the daylight meaning that exactly as he used to have those dreams they used to come true yani yahduth meaning it used to happen what he used to see in his dreams it used to come true وأول ما كان يرى هذه الرؤيا في ربيع الأول and he first began having these visions these dreams in the month of Rabi' al-awwal which is how many months before Ramadan in the Islamic calendar Rabi' al-awwal is six months before Ramadan فَبَقِيَ سِتَّةُ أَشْهُرُ يَرَى مِثْلَ هَذِهِ الرُّؤْيَا وَيَرَاهَا تَجِئْ مِثْلَ فَلَقِ الصُّبْحِ So from that moment, from the month of Rabi' al-awwal, for the next six months leading up to Ramadan, for the next six months, he was having these dreams that were coming true, he was having these dreams that were coming true. وَفِي رَمَضَانَ نَزَلَ الْوَحِي الَّذِي فِي الْيَقَضَةِ Then in the month of Ramadan was the first time that revelation came to him while he was awake. For the first six months leading up to this moment, when these ayat were first revealed, when he was in the cave of Hira, six months leading up to this event, he was having dreams and they were coming true. They were coming true. Things were happening, which were as he was seeing in his dreams. Then in the month of Ramadan is when this revelation came, whilst he was obviously awake. وَالْمُدَّةِ بَيْنَ رَبِيعِنِ الْأَوَّلِ وَرَمَضَانِ سِتَّةُ شُهُورِ And the time from Rabi'i al to Ramadan in the Islamic months is six months. وَزَمَنُ الْوَحِي ثَلَاثٌ وَعِشْرُونَ سَنَةٌ And the revelation, once it began, it continued for a period of 23 years, once the revelation actually began, it carried on for a period of 23 years. وَلِهَذَا جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ الرُّؤْيَا الصَّالِحَةِ جُزْءٌ مِنْ سِتَّةٍ وَأَرْبَعِينَ جُزْءًا مِنَ النُّبُوَّةِ It is mentioned in a hadith, in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, that the true dreams, those good and righteous dreams, the true dreams, they are a portion, a portion from 46 portions of prophethood. It is a portion or a fraction of prophethood. So that's what he had. He used to see those dreams 
And they used to come to <clears throat> so when he used to see those dreams, he began more and more going to the cave to spend time by himself, pondering over his Lord, worshipping his Lord. He began to do that more and more. It became more beloved to him. He became more beloved to him to go by himself and worship Allah and remember Allah. That it became beloved to the messenger during that period of the dreams of the six months, it became beloved to him to get away from that society. And to be alone in the cave he used to go to. To get away from the society who were all worshipping the idols. And to be alone and separate from them. فَرَأَى عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ أَنَّ أَحْسَنَ مَا يَخْلُوَ بِهِ هَذَا الْغَارِ الَّذِي فِي جَبَلِ حِرَاءِ So he considered that the best place to get isolation would be to go up to the cave of Hira <coughs> in the Mount Hira. وَهُوَ غَارْ فِي قِمَّةِ الْجَبَلِ لَا يَكَادُ يَسْعُدُ إِلَيْهِ الْإِنسَانِ الْقَوِيِّ إِلَّا بِمَشَقَّةِ And that particular cave in Mount Hira is at the peak, it's near the top. And it is not easy to get up there. As Shaykh Al-Thaymeen mentions, only a person with strength, even then with difficulty, would get up to that cave at the top of that mount. فَكَانَ يَسْعَدُهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَةُ وَالسَّلَامُ يَتَحَنَّثُ So he used to go climb up all the way there. And then يَتَحَنَّثُ Meaning he used to stay there in isolation. Worshipping and pondering alone away from the community and the society who were upon shirk. يَتَعَبَّدْ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ بِمَا فَتَحَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فِي هَذَا الْغَارِ الْلَيَالِ ذَوَاتَ الْعَدَدِ يعني عِدَّةْ لَيَالٍ So that's the meaning of يَتَحَنَّثْ He used to go to the cave and be isolated and alone and worship Allah with what he knew at that time. This was before prophethood. But he would worship Allah with what he knew and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he would stay there for multiple days. He would go up there to the cave and stay there for multiple nights at a time. وَمَعَهُ زَادٌ أَخَذَهُ يَتَزَوَّدُ بِهِ مِنْ طَعَامٍ وَشَرَابٍ And he would take provisions with him, food and drink, that he could use then to be able to stay up there for several days without having to come back. And in fact it mentions in some of the books of Sirah that he used to take his food and drink, pack it up and go. And on the way... If he saw some masakeen, some fuqara, hungry, needing food, some of that food he would give it to them. And the rest of it he would take it and spend a few days and nights in the cave. 
ثم ينزلوا يتزودوا لمثلها من أهله then when that food and provisions and water ran out he would come back take some more food and water and then go again another time ويرجع ويتحنث لله عز وجل and then he would go and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again إلى أن نزل عليه الوحي وهو في هذا الغار and he continued upon that way of going to the cave regularly, spending several nights at a time there, <coughs> up until that event happened when Jibreel alayhi salam came to him with the revelation. Atahu Jibreel wa amarahu an yaqra'a faqal ma ana biqari. So Jibreel alayhi salam came to him and said to him, read. But he said, I am not a reader. That I am not a reader, meaning I am not somebody who is uh, from the proficient in reading. I am not somebody who is literate, not somebody who is proficient in reading. And his intent was not to say to Jibreel, no, I'm not going to read. When he said, I am not a reader, it didn't mean that I can read, but I'm not going to read for you. That's not what it meant. When he said, I am not a reader, meaning I am not proficient or good at reading. I am not good at reading, I am illiterate. So it was because he wasn't capable, he wasn't able to read. He wasn't from those who are literate. He was illiterate. And that is mentioned in the Quran. So believe in Allah and His a messenger, the illiterate prophet. The illiterate prophet. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى هُوَ الَّذِي بَعَثَ فِي الْأُمِّيِّينَ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ And Allah said in another ayah, He is the one who sent amongst the illiterate a messenger from among them. فَكَانَ لَا يَقْرَأْ وَلَا يَكْتُبُ So he did not used to read or write. وَهَذَا مِنْ حِكْمَةِ اللَّهِ أَنَّهُ لَا يَقْرَأْ وَلَا يَكْتُبُ And it is actually mentioned that this was from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was illiterate. Why? What would be the benefit of that? Of the messenger being someone who was illiterate when the revelation began? Humble, true. (coughs) Almost, yeah. The fact that he was illiterate was therefore a proof that this Qur'an that he was now narrating to people wasn't something he could have written himself. He was illiterate. If he was somebody who was proficient, an expert 
And then he came with the Quran, the people might have said, you just wrote this yourself. So he was illiterate. And it could not be said that he wrote it himself. He could not, and it was known he could not. فَكَانَ لَا يَقْرَأْ وَلَا يَكْتُبْ وَهَذَا مِنْ حِكْمَةِ اللَّهِ أَنَّهُ لَا يَقْرَأْ وَلَا يَكْتُبْ حَتَّى تَتَبَيَّنَ حَاجَتُهُ وَضَرُورَتُهُ إِلَى هَذِهِ الرِّسَالَةِ وَحَتَّى لَا يَبَقَى لِشَاكٍ شَكٍ فِي صِدْقِهِ So that would then highlight his need for this message and also there would be no doubt left for anybody doubting the truthfulness of him. وَقَدْ أَشَارَ اللَّهُ إِلَى هَذِهِ فِي قَوْلِهِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it in the Qur'an. This point of him being illiterate and that it's a proof therefore people cannot say you wrote the Qur'an yourself. He's illiterate. So they know that this must be the truth he has come with. In the Quran it mentions, وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُو مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكِ إِذًا لَرْتَابَ الْمُبْطِلُونَ That you would not read from before, you could not read from before, from a book, nor could you write with your right hand. Because in that case, those individuals, the ones who disbelieve, they may have doubted you. If you were literate, then they may have doubted and said, you've written this yourself, you, you've made up this yourself, if you were literate. So now the doubts are gone. They cannot claim that they know he's illiterate. قَالَ لَهُ So the Prophet said to Jibreel, مَا أَنَا That I am not somebody who can read. I am not good at reading. فَغَطَّهُ مَرَّتَيْنِ أَوْ ثَلَاثًا and then it's mentioned how Jibreel alayhi salam pushed him or squeezed him twice or three times. Thumma lahu, and then he said to him, Iqra bismi rabbika khalaq, the ayat. And then he mentioned those ayat to him. Khams ayat nazalat. Five ayat, they were revealed at the start. These five were revealed at the start. اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقْ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقْ اِقْرَأْ وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمْ الَّذِي عَلَّمَ بِالْقَلَمْ عَلَّمَ الْإِنسَانَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمْ Those five were the first five ayat that were revealed. خمس آيات نزلت فرجع بها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يرجف فؤاده من الخوف والفزع so those five ayat were revealed to him. <coughs> and he was in a state of fright. This was something frightening what had happened. Something completely out of the normal, unusual. An angel came to him in the cave. And these ayat were revealed to him. So he was in a state of fright. In the books of Sirah, it mentions how his chest muscles up here were shaking. That his muscles here, the chest muscles were trembling when he came back to Khadija radiallahu anha. وَحَدِيثُ الْوَحِي وَابْتِدَاؤُهُ مَوْجُودٌ فِي أَوَّلِ صَحِيحِ الْبُخَارِ And the full hadith here we've only summarized it, the full hadith about how the revelation first began, 
is mentioned right at the beginning of Sahih al-Bukhari. If you go to Sahih al-Bukhari, right at the start, it's there, the long hadith about how the revelation began. Man ahabba an yarji'a ilayhi fal And so as Shaykh al-Athaymin says, whoever wants to, then you can go back and check Sahih al-Bukhari for the full hadith. So that's what we'll do. We'll have a look at the full hadith which is mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari. It is the (coughs) the third hadith. The third hadith, it says, قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا يَحْيَى إِبْنُ بُكَيْرِ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا اللَّيْفِ عَنْ عُقَيْلِ عَنْ إِبْنِ شِهَابِ عَنْ عُرْوَةَ بْنِ الزُّبَيْرِ عَنْ عَائِشَةَ أُمِّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنَّهَا قَالَتْ So the hadith is the hadith narrated by Aisha رضي الله عنها. She said, أَوَّلُ مَا بُدِئَ بِهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِنَ الْوَحِي الرُّؤْيَ الصَّالِحَةُ فِي النَّوْمِ She said, the start of the revelation, the commencement, the start of the revelation to the Messenger of Allah was in the form of good and righteous true dreams. The start of the revelation, because you remember like we said, the start of the revelation wasn't that incident per se. Six months leading up to it, it was already technically starting with the dreams that were coming true. So Aisha said the beginning of the revelation was from that point, from those dreams that were occurring and coming true. So, أَوَّلُ مَنْ بُدِئَ بِهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِنَ الْوَحِي الرُّؤْيَا صَالِحَةُ فِي النَّوْمِ فَكَانَ لَا يَرَى رُؤْيَا إِلَّا جَاءَتْ مِثْلَ فَلَقِ الصُّبْحِ And so he never used to see a dream except that it came true like bright daylight. The dream would come true completely like bright daylight. ثُمَّ حُبِّبَ إِلَيْهِ الْخَلَاءِ فَكَانَ وَكَانَ يَخْلُو بِغَارِ حِرَاءِ فَيَتَحَنَّثُ فِيهِ وَهُوَ التَّعَبُّدِ So then she says, after these dreams were happening for the messenger, they were coming true clearly, like the daylight. Then after that, he used to, or the love, the love of seclusion, in the cave of Hira was bestowed upon him. To have that love to be secluded was bestowed upon him. And then he used to go in seclusion to the cave of Hira where he used to worship Allah alone continuously for many nights. فَكَانَ نَعَمْ يَخْلُ بِغَارِ حِرَى فَيَتَحَنَّثُ فِيهِ وَهُوَ التَّعَبُّدْ الْلَيَالِيَ ذَوَاتِ الْعَدَدِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَنْزِعَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ وَيَتَزَوَّدُ لِذَلِكِ So he used to go and worship Allah alone continuously for many nights before then returning back to his family. Before coming back to his family 
and then he used to take with him the food for the journey uh, and to stay there and then he would come back to his wife Khadija again to take his food likewise ثُمَّ يَرْجِعُ إِلَىٰ خَدِيجَةَ So then he would come back to Khadija and get more provisions and go back. So the beginning of it is that he used to have the dreams and they used to come true. And that made it beloved to him to be in seclusion and worship Allah. And so he used to go to the cave of Hira. And he used to come back then and pick up food and go for a few days. Then come back again, pick up food and water and go for a few days. Until then one day, the truth suddenly descended upon him while he was in the cave of Hira. So an angel came to him. The angel came to him and asked him to read. Said to him, read. The Prophet ﷺ replied, I do not know how to read. I do not know how to read. He said, the Prophet ﷺ said, Then the angel caught me forcefully and pressed me so hard that I could not bear it anymore. That Jibreel grasped the Prophet and pressed him. He says, so hard that I could not bear it anymore. (coughs) And then he released me and said to me again, اقرأ he said, I am not, uh, I do not know how to read. So then Jibreel, the angel, he caught me again, he says, and pressed me a second time until I could not bear it anymore. Then he released me again and said, read. But I replied again, I do not know how to read. فَقُلْتُ مَا أَنَا بِقَارِئِ فَأَخَذَنِي فَغَطَّنِي الثَّالِثَةِ ثُمَّ أَرْسَلَنِي So then again Jibreel catches him and presses him and then he releases him for the third time now and then he tells him فَقَالْ اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقْ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقْ Read in the name of your Lord who has created all that exists. He has created man from a clot. <coughs> Read and your Lord is the most generous. فَرَجَعَ بِهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ يَرْجُفُ فُؤَادُهُ So then the Messenger returned with that revelation he had now learned from Jibreel with his heart beating severely. With his heart beating severely. 
And like we said, in some of the books of Sirite says that his chest muscles were trembling, his heart beating in his body severely. يَرْجُفُ فُؤَادُهُ فَدَخَلَ عَلَى خَدِيجَةَ بِنْتِ خُوَيْلِدْ فَقَالْ زَمِّلُونِي زَمِّلُونِي فَزَمَّلُوهُ حَتَّى ذَهَبَ عَنْهُ الرَّوْعِ So then he came back to Khadija radiallahu anha with his heart beating severely and he went to her and said to her cover me, cover me. So they covered him until his fear was over. Until his fear was over. فَقَالَ لِخَدِيجَةِ وَأَخْبَرَهَا الْخَبَرِ So then he tells Khadija رضي الله عنها everything that happened. He then tells her what happened in the cave, narrates everything that happened to her. And then he tells her, لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي He said that I feared something may happen, may have happened to me. I feared that something might have happened to me, something may have uh, uh, been done to me at the time. He was scared at the time. I fear that something may happen to me. لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي فَقَالَتْ لَهُ خَدِيجَةِ But then Khadija said to him, كَلَّا وَاللَّهِ مَا يَحْزُنْكَ اللَّهُ أَبَدًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not ever disgrace you. إِنَّكَ لَا تَصِلُ الرَّحِمُ وَتَحْمِلُ الْكَلْءُ وَتَكْسِبُ الْمَعْدُومُ وَتَقْرِ الضَّيْفُ وَتُعِينُ عَلَى نَوَائِبِ الْحَقِّ She said by Allah, Allah will never disgrace you. You keep good relations with your kin. You help the poor and the destitute. You serve your guests generously and you assist the deserving Calamity afflicted ones. فَانْطَلَقَتْ بِهِ خَدِيجَةُ حَتَّى أَتَتْ بِهِ وَرَقَةُ وَرَقَةَ بْنَ نَوْفَلْ إِبْنْ أَسَدْ إِبْنْ عَبْدِ الْعُزَّى إِبْنْ عَمِّ خَدِيجَةُ So then Khadija رضي الله عنها took the messenger or accompanied him <coughs> to her cousin وَرَقَةَ إِبْنْ نَوْفَلْ Ibn Asad ibn Abdul Uzza, who was her first cousin, her uncle, her paternal uncle's son, her father, Khadija's father's brother's son, her paternal uncle's son. وَكَانَ امْرَأً قَدْ تَنَصَّرَ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ And he was a man who during the period of ignorance had become a Christian. وَكَانَ يَكْتُبُ الْكِتَابَ الْعِبْرَانِي and he used to write in Hebrew. He used to write with the Hebrew letters. فَيَكْتُبُ مِنَ الْإِنْجِيلِ بِالْعِبْرَانِيَّةِ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَكْتُبُ So he used to write from the gospel in Hebrew as much as Allah wished for him to write. وَكَانَ شَيْخًا كَبِيرًا قَدْ And he was an elderly man at that time. Waraqat ibn Nawfal was an elderly man at that time and he had actually lost his eyesight. He was an elderly man who was blind at that time. فَقَالَتْ لَهُ Khadija. So Khadija said to him, يَا ابْنَ عَمْ إِسْمَعْ مِنْ ابْنِ أَخِيكَ She said, oh my cousin, 
Listen to the story of your nephew. And she's talking about her husband, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So, فَقَالَ لَهُ وَرَقَهُ وَرَقَهُ Then says to her, يَبْنَ أَخِ Oh sorry, says to him, وَرَقَهُ Then says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, فَقَالَ لَهُ وَرَقَهُ يَبْنَ أَخِي مَاذَا تَرَى Oh my cousin or my nephew, what have you seen? فَأَخْبَرَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ خَبَرَ مَا رَأَى So then the Prophet ﷺ tells him and describes to him whatever he had seen. فَقَالَ لَهُ وَرَقَهُ So then وَرَقَ says to him, هَذَا النَّامُوسُ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ اللَّهُ عَلَى مُوسَى He said, this is the same one, meaning Jibreel. This is the same one who Allah had sent to Musa. After the Prophet ﷺ then explains to him what happened. He was in the cave and this angel came to him, etc. Waraqah says, this is the same one who Allah had sent to Musa ﷺ. Meaning it is Jibreel ﷺ, the angel. And then he says, Waraqah says, يَا لَيْتَنِي فِيهَا جَذَعٌ لَيْتَنِي أَكُونُ حَيًّا إِذْ يُخْرِجُكَ قَوْمُكَ He says, I wish I was young. I wish I was young. And I could live up to the time when your people are going to expel you. They are going to push you out, turn you out. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ So the Prophet ﷺ says to him, أَوَمُخْرِجِيَّهُمْ Are they going to expel me, my people? Are they going to expel me and get rid of me? Will they drive me out? قَالَ نَعَمْ وَرَقَهْ says to him, yes. لَمْ يَأْتِ رَجُلٌ قَطُّ بِمِثْلِ مَا جِئْتَ بِهِ إِلَّا عُودِيَ وَإِنْ يُدْرِكْنِي وَإِنْ يُدْرِكْنِي يَوْمُكَ أَنْصُرْكَ نَصْرًا مُؤَزَّرًا Waraka tells him in the affirmative, he says, yes, any man who came with something similar to what you have come with, this revelation from Allah of Tawheed, etc., this revelation that you have come with, anyone who ever came with the likes of this, then he was always treated with hostility. And if I should remain alive till the day when they drive you out, then I would support you strongly. But then, a few days after this, Waraqah died. A few days after this meeting, <coughs> Waraqah then passed away. And in fact, the revelation paused for some time. So that is the hadith in Al-Bukhari that explains all of that beginning section of how the revelation began, how the dreams began, 
how the Prophet ﷺ used to then like going to isolation or seclusion. So he used to go to the cave and then the revelation actually came to him. And he was in fright and he came back to Khadija radiallahu anha with his heart pounding. And he explained to her and then she went with him to her uncle's son Waraqat ibn Nawfal who had become Christian during the time of Jahiliyyah. And the messenger explained to him what he had seen and experienced. And so Waraka said to him, that is the same one who had been sent to Musa, meaning the same angel Jibreel alayhi salam. And then he told him that your people are going to drive you out. The messenger said, are they going to drive me out? He said, anyone who came with the likes of what you are coming with, they were always... Uh, uh, dealt with that animosity from their people. They were always dealt with that harshness and they were driven out by their people. And he said, if I live till that day, I will certainly aid you. But he died a few days later. So that is the opening of the revelation. That is the hadith right at the start of Sahih al-Bukhari. So then going back to this, it mentions, اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ So now you have the background to how this surah or these opening ayat, when and how they were revealed. Now the actual tafsir of these ayat. So firstly, اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ Read in the name of your Lord who created. بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ قيل معناه متلبسا بذلك وقيل مستعينا بذلك يعني اقرأ مستعينا بسم الله لأن أسماء الله تعالى كلها خير <coughs> So the scholars they mentioned that this is in reference to you reading uh, whilst being enveloped by the name of Allah or meaning that you read Seeking aid and assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the meaning of when you say, Bismillah. Bismillah. They say there is a fi'il mahdhuf in that. You say like, Bismillah, aqra. Bismillah, aktub. Bismillah. And then there is a fi'il muqaddar. For whatever you are going to do, there is a verb there which is uh, um, implicit in whatever you're going to do. So, كُلُّهَا إِعَانَةِ يَسْتَعِينُ بِهَا الْإِنسَانِ وَيَسْتَعِينُ بِهَا عَلَى وُضُوئِهِ وَيَسْتَعِينُ بِهَا عَلَى أَكْلِهِ وَيَسْتَعِينُ بِهَا عَلَى جِمَاعِهِ فَهِيَا كُلُّهَا عَوْنِ So, by beginning in the name of Allah, you are seeking aid and assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of your affairs, whether you are beginning your wudu, whether you are going to eat, whatever it might be. Then it is all upon the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ دُونَ أَنْ يَقُولْ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ لِأَنَّ الْمَقَامِ مَقَامُ رُبُوبِيَّةِ وَتَصَرُّفِ وَتَدْبِيرِ لِلْأُمُورِ وَابْتِدَاءُ رِسَالَةِ فَلِهَذَا قَالْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ Notice it says, begin in the name of your Lord. 
Iqra' bismi rabbika. And it doesn't say, Iqra' bismillah. It doesn't say begin in the name of Allah. It says begin in the name of your Lord. In the name of your Rabb. And that is because this particular circumstance, it is a circumstance that is relevant to the rububiyyah of Allah. The lordship of Allah. The control of Allah over the affairs. And the... Uh, uh, the way that Allah decrees all of the affairs. So it is a situation and circumstance that is relevant to the rububiyyah of Allah. Hence Allah said, begin in the name of your Lord and not just in the name of Allah to highlight the rububiyyah specifically. And we're going to see that because Allah tells us in this chapter about how He creates how mankind is created from that clot of blood and the progression that occurs and the stages that occur. And Allah taught mankind. All of these things are from the rububiyyah of Allah. فَلِهَذَا قَالْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا أَنَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ قَدْ رَبَّاهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى تَرْبِيَةُ خَاصَةُ وَرَبَّاهُ كَذَلِكَ رُبُوبِيَّةِ خَاصَةِ And as for the Prophet ﷺ specifically, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has nurtured him with a specific nurturing. The Prophet ﷺ, we know that even before he became a prophet, even before he became a prophet, when he was amongst the Quraysh and they were all idol worshippers, he was never an idol worshipper. He never used to drink alcohol and they all used to drink alcohol. He never used to do those types of acts that all of the rest of them used to do. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the messenger a particular nurturing specific to him as well. So, اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ أَلَّذِي خَلَقْ Read in the name of your Lord who created... And of course, creation is an aspect of the rububiyyah of Allah. أَيْ خَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى That Allah created everything. Allah created everything just as Allah said in the Qur'an. وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything and then he determined that upon its determination. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى اللَّهُ خَالِقُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَكِيلٍ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of everything and he is the protector over all. فَمَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ خَفِيٍ مِنْ خَفِيٍ وَظَاهِرٍ وَصَغِيرٍ وَكَبِيرٍ إِلَّا وَهُوَ مَخْلُوقٌ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلٍ So there is nothing in the heavens or the earth from something concealed or open and apparent from something small or large except that all of those are creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلِهَذَا قَالْ خَلَقَ 
اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق وحذف المفعول Allah says read in the name of your Lord who created but it doesn't tell us what he created in the ayah it doesn't say who created for example mankind or who created for example the heavens and the earth nothing is mentioned afterwards read in the name of your Lord who created and that's it there is nothing mentioned afterwards about what he created and that is for a reason and the reason behind that is if you do not mention it you don't mention anything specific afterwards of what he created then it is left open that he created everything no need to mention something specific Allah created everything the specific item is not mentioned to indicate that it's everything no need to mention the heavens and the earth or mankind or anything specific. It is that Allah created everything. Removing what they call the maf'ul, the object of the verb. By removing that, it indicates a general meaning that is open. If لو ذكر المفعول لتقيد الفعل به If something was mentioned there, then the act of creation would be specific to that then. If Allah said, read in the name of your Lord who created the heavens and the earth, or who created mankind, now it becomes specific to that thing. But we want it here, or, or, or it is mentioned here, as an open thing not to make it specific. فَلَوْ قَالَ خَلَقَ كَذَا تَقَيَّدَ الْخَلْقُ بِمَا ذَكَرَ فَقَطْ لكن إذا قال خلق وأطلق صار عاما فهو خالق كل شيء جل وعلا So by leaving it open-ended, it therefore includes everything. So that is the open-ended manner and that is why it's done like that. Then after that, Allah mentions specifics. After leaving it open to indicate everything is created by Allah, then it goes into details after that. Allah then tells us about one particular creation from all of His creations, and that is mankind. And Allah tells us <coughs> that He created mankind from the alaq, from that clot. خلق الإنسان تكريما للإنسان وتشريفا له Here now after leaving it open-ended Allah then specifically mentions mankind and that is in order to indicate nobility and honor for mankind that Allah mentions the mankind specifically to indicate the honor and nobility for mankind لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَقُولُ وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمَ وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَى كَثِيرٍ مِّمَّنْ خَلَقَنَا تَفْضِيلًا It mentions in Surah Al-Isra that indeed we have ennobled Bani Adam, the sons of Adam, mankind. 
and we have placed them upon the land and the sea, and we have given them the provisions from the good things, and we have favored them. We have favored them, given them preference over much of what we have created. So this indicates the nobility and status that Allah gave mankind. And that's why Allah specified mentioning mankind and their creation. From alaq, a clot. And this is actually a plural. Alaq is a jama' or ismu jama' from alaqa. Kashajar ismu jama' shajara. Just like you have in Arabic the word shajar, which is used as a plural for shajaratun, trees and a tree. Then the same here, alaq, is a type of plural from alaqah, that it is clots and clot. So that Allah created mankind from these clots, from a clot. Wal'alaq, ibarah an duda hamra min ad-dam sagheerah, وَهَذَا هُوَ الْمَنْشَأَ الَّذِي بِهِ الْحَيَاةِ لِأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ الدَّمْ لَوْ تَفَرَّغَ مِنَ الدَّمْ لَهَلَكَ That this alaq is in reference to a small, tiny uh, a drop of blood. A small, tiny red drop of blood. That is where the whole of this creation starts from and begins from. And the, uh, all of that... It's in reference to the method of creation that Allah has made in mankind from the, the, the semen and then the uh, womb of the, the woman and the, the colliding of those. All of that is what's being referenced here and what will be spoken about. وَقَدْ بَيَّنَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ أَنَّهُ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقْ لَكِنَّهُ يَتَطَوَّرْ وَبَيَّنَ فِي آيَاتٍ أُخْرَىٰ أَنَّهُ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ تُرَابٍ وَفِي آيَاتٍ أُخْرَىٰ خَلَقَهُ مِنْ طِينٍ وَفِي آيَاتٍ أُخْرَىٰ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ كَالْفَخَّارِ وَفِي آيَاتٍ أُخْرَىٰ مِنْ مَاءٍ دَافِقٍ وَفِي آيَاتٍ أُخْرَىٰ مِنْ مَاءٍ مَهِينٍ وَفِي هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ مِنْ عَلَقٍ فَهَلْ فِي هَذَا تَنَاقُضٍ الشيخ says in the Quran you will notice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how mankind was created in lots of different ayahs with lots of different descriptions. In this one it talks about mankind being created from this clot. In other ayat it mentions mankind being created from the soil. In other ayat from clay. In other ayat... Salsal uh, al-Fakhar is a type of pottery clay as well, another type of that clay. And min uh, ma'in dafiq, from the water that gushes forth, min ma'in maheen, from the uh, uh, degraded water. Degraded water in reference to the semen. And uh, uh, despised, despised water or degraded water. So you have all these different descriptions, different ayat with different descriptions. Is that therefore a contradiction between the ayat? Is there tanaqub in that? Al-jawab laysa hunaka tanaqub. Wala yumkin an yakuna fi kalami Allah ta'ala aw ma sahha an rasulihi 
صلى الله عليه وسلم شيء من التناقض أبدا فإن الله يقول ولو كان من عند غير الله لوجدوا في اختلاف كثيرا so that it is not a contradiction there cannot ever possibly be contradiction in the speech of Allah or in the authentic sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم لكنه سبحانه وتعالى يذكر أحيانا مبدأ الخلق من وجه ومبدأ الخلق من وجه آخر But these ayat are talking about creation occurring from different angles from different perspectives فخلقه من تراب لأن أول ما خلق الإنسان من التراب ثم صب عليه الماء فكان طينا ثم استمر مدة فكان حمأ مسنونا ثم طالت مدته فكان صلصالا يعني إذا ضربت إذا ضربته بيدك تسمع له صلصلة كالفخار ثم خلقه عز وجل لحما وعظما وعصبا إلى آخره هذا ابتداء الخلق المتعلق بآدم All of those descriptions they can be mentioned in regards to when Adam عليه السلام was first created he was created from the soil and then uh, after a while, when uh, he was created from the soil and then the water was poured onto that, so it became like clay. And then after that, it became like a smooth black mud. And then after that, when time went by, it became more like the pottery clay. Uh, and then after that, uh, after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed meat upon it and bones in it and veins and arteries and all of those affairs in it, that was all of the process of the creation of Adam alayhi salam. وَالْخَلْقُ الْآخَرِ مِنْ بَنِيهِ أَوَّلُ مَنْ شَأِهِمْ مِنْ نُطْفَةِ وَهِيَ الْمَاءُ الْمَهِينَ وَهِيَ الْمَاءُ الدَّافِقِ Then there is the creation of mankind after Adam alayhi salam, which is different. Adam alayhi salam was created in that way. Then after that, mankind is created in a different way, which is with these other descriptions from that degraded water in reference to the semen and that water that is pushed out in reference to the semen uh, and these kinds of descriptions about the clot of blood and the drop of blood or the drop of semen. All of that then is from the angle of creation after Adam salam. So when you look at it all, it is either talking about Adam alayhi salam or then talking about mankind after Adam alayhi salam. So then, So this small uh, uh, dot, this small speck of that liquid that goes into the womb of the woman, it remains in there for 40 days. ثُمَّ تَتَحَوَّلُ شَيْئًا فَشَيْئًا وَبِتَمَامِ الْأَبْعِينَ تَتَقَلَّبُ بِالتَّطَوُّرِ وَالتَّدْرِيجِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ دَمًا عَلَقَةً Then after 40 days, after developing and developing, it becomes a small clot of blood. ثُمَّ تَبْدَأْ بِالنَّمُ وَالثَّخُونَةِ وَتَتَطَوُّرْ شَيْئًا فَشَيْئًا Then that clot of blood in the, in the womb of the mother, slowly it begins to develop and become thicker, and it develops slowly and slowly. فَإِذَا تَمَّتْ ثَمَانِينَ يَوْمًا إِنْتَقَلَتْ إِلَى مُضَى After 80 days, 
it then becomes a small piece of flesh. After being just a liquid and a clot of blood, it slowly develops into a small morsel of flesh. A small piece of flesh to the amount that you would chew off and you're eating. A small bite of flesh. And that then stays for another 40 days. So now you end up with <coughs> 120 days. And that is, of course, four months. And then after that 120 days, that's when Allah sends the angel, and that angel blows the soul into that growing baby. And as for this soul that is blown into the baby, we don't know how and what that soul is. We don't know the description and the, the manner of what that soul is. As for the body, then the origin of it is from that soil that Adam was created. And as for in the wombs of the mothers from that small dot of blood, from that small speck of blood that begins... But the soul, we don't know from what uh, material or compound the soul is made of. We know about the human now from the soil and the clay, etc., from that blood. But the soul, we don't know what material, what compound, where it comes from, how it's made. And we don't know from what type of material it comes from. In the Quran it mentions and they ask you about the soul. Say the soul is from the affair of my Lord and we have not been given from knowledge except a small amount. So we have not been given knowledge of that. So then after 120 days when the soul is blown into that baby, the baby begins moving. Because in the first period of three months, the development is, it mentions here an example like the trees when they first begin. You barely notice the small tree. But then, and in the body, the, there's barely anything noticed, no movement, no kicking, nothing. But then after that, when the soul is blown in, now the baby begins to develop. Now you begin to feel the movement. So after the soul is blown in, now that baby is a human that is moving. If a baby dies before four months, if a miscarriage happens before four months, then that miscarriage, that baby was not a human yet. The soul had not been blown into it yet. 
and so a miscarriage before four months, then that miscarriage, it is simply buried anywhere without ghusl, without shrouding, without janazah prayer, nothing. It is just buried anywhere because that is not considered a human yet. No soul was blown into it yet. And that will not be resurrected. That is not a human yet with a soul in it that will be resurrected. So that is buried anywhere respectful. لأنه ليس آدميا وبعد أربعة أشهر إذا سقط يجب أن يغسل ويكفن ويصلى عليه ويدفن في المقابر but if the miscarriage happens after four months then you must wash that body of the baby as small as it may be you wash the body of that baby you shroud it you pray the janazah you do the burial in the proper graveyard of the Muslims because now صار إنسانا ويسمى أيضا because now that baby is a human, the soul was blown into it, and you name it too. You can name that baby too, five months, six months, seven months, miscarriage happens, all of the normal rules, and you can name that baby. You can even do haqiqa if you wish. That can even be done. Because on the day of judgment, that baby will be called by its name. وَيُعَقُّ عَنْهُ And you can do the عَقِيقَةِ لَكِنِ الْعَقِيقَةِ عَنْهُ لَيْسَتْ فِي التَّأْكِيدِ كَالْعَقِيقَةِ عَمَّنْ بَلَغَ سَبْعَةْ أَيَّامِ بَعْدَ خُرُوجِهِ But the عَقِيقَةِ for that miscarriage of five, six, seven months is not as stressed to have to do compared to if a baby died after seven days of birth. Once the baby is born and lives for seven days, after that, then it is stressed, you should do the aqiqah. Prior to that, you can still do it. You can still do it though. So then this small baby develops in the womb of the mother and then by the permission of Allah after a period of time, which is typically nine months, it could be more or less, but typically it is nine months. That baby then comes into this world. That a person goes through four stages. The first stage or the first residence in the womb of the mother. The second place where you go, the second stage, the second place you live is in this world. The third place is in the barzakh, after you die in the grave before the day of judgment. And the fourth is of course either paradise or hell, that is where you will then remain. So then just to finish off this final part, اقرأ تكرار للأولى لكن هل هي توكيد أو هي تأسيس الصحيح أنها تأسيس وأن الأولى اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق قرنت بما يتعلق بالربوبية اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم uh, This is now ما يتعلق بالشرع The first ayah اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق That was about the ربوبية of Allah but now when it says اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم This is all now about the legislation 
that Allah has decreed upon us. فالأولى بما يتعلق بالقدر والثانية بما يتعلق بالشرع لأن التعليم بالقلم أكثر ما يعتمد الشرع عليه إذ أن شرع يكتب ويحفظ والقرآن يكتب ويحفظ والسنة تكتب وتحفظ وكلام العلماء يكتب ويحفظ فلهذا أعادها الله مرة ثانية So in this section where it talks about Allah taught you with the pen that is now about the legislation, the sharia, the religion you have been taught with the pen meaning you have the ability to write and this is how knowledge is memorization and writing you memorize and write the Quran you memorize and write the sunnah you memorize and write uh, the speech of the scholars it is all memorization and writing so this is connected to the legislation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon us that is the section we'll conclude on today and then the second half of this particular chapter, the rest of the ayat, they go together. We'll do those next week or the next lesson, insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that for today then.